We're going to start off with a story from the Norse mythology and join Thor on his journey to the land of the giants, where he gains an insight about his own strength as well as the secret of the work itself. Hi, I'm Sean and welcome to Mythos of the World podcast, where I retell some incredible and insightful stories from around the world. A long, long time ago, when the world was a very different place, in Usgard, the realm of the Aesir gods, Thor was preparing to travel to Jotunheimr, the land of the giants. The giants had taken many attempts at breaking through the gates of Usgard, and Thor thought it was about time to take matters to the realm of the giants and teach them a lesson. So he readied his chariot, pulled by two goats, and with his travelling companion Loki, they set off to Jotunheimr. Just as they had reached Midgardr, the realm of the humans, the sun was beginning to set. So, they decided to rest for the night and continue with their journey the next day. As they were making preparations for the night, a farmer sees the gods and invites them to spend the night at his place. And the gods gladly accept. At the farmer's house, Thor and Loki were greeted with great joy by the farmer's wife and two children, a boy and a girl. Well, Thor was welcomed with great joy and Loki with somewhat mixed feelings, which they didn't dare to express, of course, but both received incredible hospitality. Inside the cozy little house, they all sat around the fire to keep warm. In the gentle, warm light of the fire, Thor saw that the family had very little themselves, but were willing to share what they had, and this moved Thor very much. So he decided to treat them to a feast. He slayed his two goats, skinned them and began to cook the meat for the whole family. Thialvi, which was the boy's name, and his sister stood at the corner taking in the delicious smell that was coming from the large pot. They could not wait. Once the meal was ready, Thor invited the family to eat, but gave them one little instruction. Once they ate the meat, they must throw the bones into the double-layered goatskin which was spread on the side. Be careful, he said. Don't split the bones. The family were ever so grateful and were delighted to have a such a lavish meal. Thialvi could not contain the excitement. Maybe because he hadn't had a good meal in such a long time or maybe because of seeing his hero Thor in the flesh and was eager to grow up to his size or perhaps the combination of both. He got carried away and completely forgot about the instructions of Thor. He split the bone and enjoyed the marrow on the inside, then threw the split bones into the goatskins. The next morning, everyone awoke after a good night's sleep. Thor and Loki began to get ready to continue with their journey. Thor walked over to the goatskins and with his hammer, Mjolnir, he began to wave around the skins on a big sweeping motion. After about two waves, the skin separated themselves into two different piles, each wrapping itself around its pile of bones. And slowly, right before their eyes, the goats came back to life. Thor has done this many times before. Usually, he used to leave Osgarder for more than a day. He would always take his chariot with the goats. When it was time to eat, he would slay the goats, eat them, 
and resurrect them the next day with his hammer. But today there was something unusual. One of the goats began to limp and upon seeing that, Thor instantly knew someone had split the bones. I gave you all careful instructions. Who is responsible for this? The family were terrified. No one knew what had actually happened except Thiavi. And poor Thiavi was mortified. To tell his hero that he had gone against his instructions, that too a god who is getting angrier by the second. Loki on the other hand was watching this quite expectantly, hoping something terrible happens so Thor would fall or favor with the mortals. The farmer, trembling with fear, my lord, I don't know what has happened. I'm sorry for whatever we have done to offend you. Whatever belongs to me is yours. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thiavi, watching his father apologizing, still terrified, but plucks up the courage and steps forward. It was me, my lord. I split the bones. Upon seeing the terrified face of the little boy and his family, Thor became aware of his raging temper. Remembering the kindness and hospitality they had shown him the night before, without any expectations, he calms down. However, he takes up on the farmer's word, and Thialvi and his sister became Thor's servants. Now unable to carry on with their journey on the chariot, Thor decided to leave the chariot and the goats with the sister and the family and continue his journey with Loki and Thialvi on foot. The three of them headed towards east. They travelled for many days, rode across an ocean and carried on foot again. As they were making their way through a dense forest, the sun was beginning to set once again. So they looked for a place to rest for the night and came by a huge hole with five unusually long rooms. They decided it was probably the safest place to rest for the night, so shortly after having had their meals, they all fell asleep. During the middle of the night, they were suddenly awoken by an earthquake and a mysterious loud noise that scared them sleepless. The earthquake had slowly stopped, but the noise continued, travelling through the long corridors and echoing back. They looked at each other quite shaken, but since it was night, they thought it would probably be smarter to remain inside the hall. Thialvi kept the fire burning all night so they could see. Thor and Loki were ready to strike anything that attacked them. Nothing made its way into the hall, but they could sense something was out there, waiting for them. They stayed awake for the whole night, too scared to sleep and waiting for daybreak so they could see what it was. And finally the long-awaited morning came, and the mysterious noise had begun to subside. Thor, followed by Loki and Thialvi, slowly emerged out of the hole, carefully looking around the forest to see what sort of horrible creature could have made such a noise and even made the earth shake. Just a few hundred yards from the hole, Thor spotted a huge giant sleeping, and that's when they realized that the loud noise was the giant snore and his turning in sleep must have had caused the earth to shake. If he could do this in sleep, imagine what he could do to us once he awakes, asked Thialvi. Seeing the reason in his question, Thor was ready to strike the sleeping giant with his hammer. So he ran towards the giant as swiftly as possible, 
But as soon as Thor had approached the giant to strike, the giant awoke. But to their great surprise, he was smiling. Hello, I'm Screamir. No need to introduce yourselves. I know who you are. Thor, Loki, and his servant Thialbi. Screamir the giant was friendly and pleasant and not at all like the creature they had imagined to encounter. Where are you heading? asked Screamir. Towards east, answered Loki. On discovering that they were all headed the same way, they decided to travel together. And just before they made a move, Away, said the giant. I almost forgot my glove. Just as Screamir grabbed his glove, Thor, Loki and Thialvi realized it was inside the glove that they had rested the previous night, having mistaken it for a huge hole. They travelled on foot towards east, through the dense jungle. Screamir even offered to carry the trio's bags in his own giant bag. It was a huge jungle. Even as the night was beginning to fall, they had not made their way out. Once they reached a clear area within the jungle, they decided to rest there for the night. Screamir wished them a good night, laid down and at once he was asleep. Thor, Loki and Thialvi were tired and hungry from the long walk and they wanted to eat something. But their food was inside Screamir's bag and the giant had tied a such a tight knot, Loki and Thialvi could not open it. So Thor, being the strongest amongst them, tried to untie the knot. But even the mighty Thor could not do it. So they tried to awake the giant, but no use, he was fast asleep. Thor could not take it anymore, so he climbed upon the giant and with his hammer gave a huge blow to the giant's head. No response. The giant simply turned over to the other side and slept peacefully, almost squashing Thor in the process. Realizing they could not wake the giant, they decided to go to sleep, at least get a good night rest before their journey tomorrow. But sleeping on an empty stomach was no easy task. Their tummies rumbled and ached for food, but their tiredness from the day and the previous sleepless night helped them a little and slowly began to doze off. You know that sweet moment where sleep is almost in your grasp and you know you're going to cross over any moment now. And there it was, the loud thundering snow of a giant shaking them out of sleep once again. Thor, tired, hungry and frustrated, once again climbed the giant. This time with all his might, he struck a huge powerful blow to the head. Either awake or die. The snoring stopped for a brief moment and it looked as if the giant was almost awakening. But once again he turned over to the other side and after a few moments continued with his loud thundering of a snore. Thor, Loki and Thialdi cursed their luck and sat there for the remainder of the night, sleepless and hungry. To their relief, the sun once again began to arise on the east and with its gentle rays falling on the giant, the giant slowly awoke with a huge smile having had plenty of good sleep. Ah, what a fine moment. Did you sleep well? None of them answered or even bothered to look at the giant. They just wanted to carry on with their journey. Did an acorn drop on my head while I slept? Asked the giant. Thor, suddenly realizing what Screamy might be referring to. Um, yeah, a huge acorn fell on your head and bounced away. 
huge, really. It felt like a tiny acorn. No, no, it was huge, huge. Hmm, it felt really tiny to me, so I went back to sleep. Oh. Loki and Thialvi said absolutely nothing. Although Loki enjoyed seeing Thor insulted, but he did very well. Thor, on the other hand, was quite puzzled by what has happened so far and deeply irritated by the giant. It was almost as if the giant was purposefully toying with him. They carried on with their journey and finally were out of the dense jungle. Well now I must head north, said Screamer. I wish you a pleasant journey ahead. With those words he gave them back their bags and parted ways. Thor, Loki and Thialvi were somewhat relieved to have parted ways with the giant. They quickly set camp, relished on their food and then continued walking towards the east. After some time, a mist fell upon them. As they made their way through the mist, they entered another forest. A few hundred yards into the forest, they came to a set of two huge doors guarded by two giants. They had arrived. They were at the gates of Jotunheim. The three of them tried to look up but even Thor, who was the tallest of them, could not see the top of the door. That's how huge it was. Only through the cracks, which was large enough for them to walk through, they saw the palace inside. How could we have not seen something as big as this from far away? asked Thialvi. Must have been hidden by the mist, answered Loki, still trying to see if he could see the top of the door. The two giants who were guarding the door took no notice of them, since they were so small. So the three of them decided to go through the cracks into Jotunheimer. Is it safe? They are all so big, Thialvi asked, a little frightened. Don't worry boy, the bigger they are, the harder they fall, answered Thor. They carefully made their way to the palace, which stood at the centre of Jotunheimer. They travelled through the palace's many corridors and finally made their way to the king's court. There, the three of them were greeted by the king of the giants. Utgard Loki. So, what business does the Aesir gods and a human have in Jotunheimer? If you wish to receive our hospitality, each of you must prove your worth in some way, said the king. The three of them took a moment to reflect on what they were good at. While Thor and Thialvi were still thinking, Loki stepped forward. I am the fastest eater, he claimed. Is that so? Very well then. I challenge you to compete against one of my men. The king then called for Loki, who strangely enough appeared to be the same size as Loki and not big like the other giants. Then, on the king's command, a huge wooden trowel filled with food was brought before them and were told the terms of the competition. They were both to start eating at the opposite ends and whoever would eat their way to the centre first would win the challenge. With the sound of the horn, the challenge began and Loki began to eat his way to the center, and to his delight the food was delicious, which made it easier for Loki. So he enjoyed his way through the meal and felt that this was probably the fastest he had ever eaten and was sure to win the challenge. Once he had reached the center, he looked up with a smirk on his face, only to realize that Loki had beaten him to the center a while ago and was just waiting for him to catch up. And further to his surprise, Logi had not only eaten the food, but also the wooden trowel as well. Loki realized his defeat and withdrew immediately. 
Second, it was Thiavi's turn. He claimed that he was the fastest runner. Very well then, said the king. Here is Hubi, who also appeared the same size as Thiavi. You shall race them. First one to reach the finishing line wins. So, on an equally leveled ground, at the sound of the horn, they began their race. Thialbi ran really fast, but could not compete with Hugi, for Hugi won with a quite comfortable distance. But Thialbi would not give up. I want a rematch. Sure, said the king. And once again, at the sound of the horn, they began to race. This time, Thialbi ran with all his might, much faster than before, and at one point ran almost at the same speed as Hugi. The king could not believe his eyes as he shot up on his chair and watched eagerly. But at the last moment, Hugi once again went a little faster than Thialbi and won. But it was a very, very close race. I want a rematch. Thialbi challenged once again. Um, uh, okay, sure. Now the king seemed quite hesitant but agreed to it anyway. Once again, at the sound of the horn, they were off. The king was at the edge of his seat, watching eagerly. However, this time to his delight, Hugi crossed the finish line before Thialbi could even run halfway across the track. The king sat back on his throne with a huge relief, but he could not take his eyes off Thialbi. He had been somewhat startled by Thialbi. After all, only the king knew what was really happening. Finally, Thor stepped forward. I am the best at drinking. Is that so? Very well then. At the wave of the king's hand, a large drinking horn was brought in, filled with mead. The best of us have emptied this horn in one gulp, the next in two gulps, and no one has taken more than three to empty it, said the king. But given your size, if you manage to complete it in three, we will consider it a victory. Determined to prove his worth, Thor picked up the huge horn and began to gulp down the mead. He took a huge first gulp, and it was no ordinary gulp. Loki, Thialbi, the king, and the other giants in the court, they all stood there watching. To Thialbi's amazement, it felt like many minutes had passed as he watched Thor drink from the horn. He had never seen anything like that before. Thor, being sure at least half of it must be emptied by now, stopped and looked inside the horn. The level had decreased ever so slightly. With a quick recovery from the shock, he was at it again. This time he took even a bigger gulp, and Thialvi's jaw dropped in amazement. Thor was absolutely certain this gulp must have done it. Once again, stopped to look. He had managed to drink only a little bit more. He could not believe it. It's alright, you can take one more, said the king. So once again, Thor took the horn to his lips and took another huge gulp. But with no success, the horn was not empty. Thor had lost the challenge. I, I am good at wrestling. I challenge any of your men to wrestle me, claimed Thor. Is that so? Very well then. Once again, the king waved his hand and as if his stewards had read his mind, they left the court and very shortly after, they brought in with them a very old and fragile looking woman who was even a little shorter than Thor. This is Ellie, my servant. You may wrestle her. Thor could not believe it. 
You want me to wrestle an old woman? Is this a joke? He was furious. But the king took no notice of his fury. You may wrestle her, and if you manage to defeat her, then you may wrestle another in my court, if you so wish. Thor, realizing his protest will not work, walked up to the lady and decided if he could just push her to the ground, then he can take on someone really worthy. So he half-heartedly tried to give her a gentle nudge with one hand. Just as he did, the old lady caught his hand, swung it around, and before Thor could even blink, he was in a headlock. Now he felt a weight of a mountain on his shoulders, pushing him down to the floor and he had to fight with all his might to just stay up. He had fought many giants, ten times the size of this old woman, yet never has he felt this much strength from a person. But this was not the time to wander, for he had to fight, not to lose. Thiari's jaws dropped once again except this time not in amazement but in sheer shock of what was happening. Loki, well, the glitter in his eyes revealed how he truly felt, and for the king, he was somewhat keen to see what would happen. At one point he even looked impressed at Thor's resistance. But for Thor, this was getting hopeless. Even with all his resistance, he had dropped on one knee. Alright, time's up. Since she's still standing firm and you're on your knee, You've lost this challenge too, Thor, said the king. But I will give you one more challenge. If you win, you have proven your wealth and you can stay here and enjoy our hospitality. Thor accepted. Once again, the king waved his hand and his servants brought with them a cat and placed him on the floor. Thor, if you can pick up this cat from the floor, you would have proven your worth. Thor had been humbled a little from the previous two challenges and was eager to prove his worth, so with no sign of protest, walked up to the cat to pick it up. But once again, this too wasn't an easy task. The cat did not budge. Now with both his hands on the cat, once again he tried, but no luck. Now with all his might, once again he lifted. The cat simply arched its back, gave the illusion of movement, but its paws were firmly on the ground. Once again, Paul tried with all his strength, he was sweating from his exertion, every muscle in his body shaking, trying to pick up the cat. And finally, the cat lifted one ball of floor. That's enough, said the king. Once again, Thor, you have lost the challenge. Since it's almost nightfall, you can spend the night in the castle and leave in the morning. Thor, Thialvi and Loki were escorted to their room, where they spent the night. Loki slept peacefully. He did not care about having lost the challenge but he was so happy to have seen Thor lose all three. You know, one of those people who are happy at others' misfortune than their own. Thiavi was a little content that he almost beat Hugi at the race. Something about that race didn't feel right to him, but he knew that he gave his best, so he was content. But what was hard for him was to see his hero lose all three challenges, someone whom he had admired since he could remember but eventually the tiredness took over and he too fell asleep. For Thor, it was a long, long night. Ironically, what he said earlier, bigger they are, the harder they fall, applied to him right now. He could not believe his defeat, that too at such simple tasks. He looked at Thialvi and he knew he had failed in his eyes. He had let down someone who looked up to him a great deal. His muscles ached for rest. His body was tired from the hard day. 
but his mind could not let him rest. He spent the whole night awake in thoughts. The next morning, the three of them were greeted by the king once again. Come with me, I'll escort you out myself. After what felt like a long walk for the three of them, they were out of the castle and into the edge of the forest. So, what did you think of the challenges? asked the king. I have never faced such defeat, answered Thor. It bothers me still. Well, now that we are out of the castle, let me share something with you, said the king. When I first learned of your visit to Jutunheimer, I was concerned, so I began to watch you. When I saw the setback with your goats, I was happy. Travelling all the way to the gates of Jutunheimer without a chariot is a laborious task. I was sure you would turn back, but you didn't. Where you lost your goats, you gained two faithful servants. You turned that setback into an advantage and still pursued the long and hard journey on foot. I then came to you as Screamir. I tried to intimidate you with my huge form and frightening loud noises. I took your food away. I disturbed your sleep, hoping to tie you out so you would turn back, but you still persisted. The two strikes on my head, even one of them could have killed me instantly, so I redirected them into the earth. Those strikes have created mountains on Midgarde where there were none before. With your persistence, you made it to the gates of my castle. So I decided to present you with more challenges. None of the challenges were what they appeared to be. They were all illusions. When your companion Loki competed against Logi, Logi is wildfire itself. Nothing consumes faster than wildfire, so he lost. Your human companion Thalvi, he raced against Hugi, thought itself. Nothing can travel faster than thought, yet, with his relentlessness, Thalvi almost ran at the same speed as thought. And for your challenges, Thor, the mead you drank was the ocean itself, and in your three gulps you have lowered the sea levels like never before. The old woman you wrestled was none other than old age itself. No one can beat or resist old age. It must come to us all. Yet, you fought her for so long and only managed to drop on one knee, increasing the youth of all beings. And for the cat, it was the Midgard serpent that coils the entire Midgard. By lifting its one pole, you lifted the serpent thousands of feet up from the earth into the sky. Your actions have caused so much change. I will say this to you. As long as I live, I will not let you enter Jutunheimer. I will defend it with much stronger magic if I must. With those words, the king disappeared. And along with him, the entrance to the castle, mist, the forest, they all disappeared. Thor, Thialvi and Loki now stood on the firm plain ground beneath them. Free from all the mental mist and tiredness, and in the gentle warm light of the sun, they saw everything. They saw huge, beautiful mountains on the distance which were never there before. They looked up into the sky and there was the Midgard serpent, thousands of feet up into the sky. They saw how much the sea levels have lowered and on the newly formed seashores, thousands and thousands of new life forms were beginning to emerge, each with their own journey to experience each to live their own unique story. And the world has never been the same since.